0: This episode is sponsored by NordVPN, The Take's favorite way to stay safe online. Go to nordvpn.com slash thetake to take control of your internet experience. Know, work's just work, right? It seems like everyone today hates their job, and recent film and TV are taking this anti-work vibe to the extreme. Let's burn this place to the ground. From the shocking wealth inequality of a show like Squid Game to the bad billionaire Roy family of succession, narratives today are aware that most of us are trapped in a rigged economic game which benefits a select elite. Because they realized if all the slaves dressed the same, they would see how many of them there were, and they'd rise up and kill the masters. Apple TV series Severance adds a sci-fi twist but channels a similarly sinister view of corporate intentions while mocking the recognizable absurdity of the workplace conventions that are designed to mollify workers. By reaching 75% refinement on Sienna, you have earned for you and your fellow refiners a five-minute music dance experience. It suggests that, without any of the sci-fi elements, we're already trapped in a dystopia of meaningless drudgery that serves shady corporate overlords. The surest way to tame a prisoner is to let him believe he's free. Other series, like the investment-bank-focused Industry and real-life-inspired work stories We Crashed, The Dropout, and Super Pumped use documented facts to show us just how bad this has all gotten. You're going to sink the ship. That's 1.9 billion losses." Over the course of film and TV in the last few decades, we've moved from the Gen X slacker aversion to responsibility, to TV optimistically arguing that we should actually be family with our co-workers, to the current jaundiced view that work is an assault on our minds and bodies. Yeah, show us something real and free and beautiful, you could have, yeah, It break us. Here's our take on how the workplace sitcom has given way to widespread workplace dystopia, and how it reflects our angst that the nature of work today is not just soul-crushingly meaningless, but actively wrong. Why are we down here still working in the dark? If you're new here, be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notified about all our new videos. it's weird and kind of fascist? Possibly, but you don't want to be unemployed. Oh, well, all right, let's just all sell our souls and work for Satan because it's more convenient that way. For pop culture in the Gen X heyday of the 90s, work was soul-crushing, tedious, and pointless. 1999's Office Space presents a series of endlessly interchangeable, unimportant tasks. And the film still resonates today with a depiction of empty corporate life that continues to be recognizable. Corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking. Just a moment. Corporate accounts payable. Nina speaking. Just a moment. In office space, the blue-collar jobs are still tough and bad. It's up to you whether or not you want to just do the bare minimum or, uh well, like Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on tape. But Peter Gibbons ultimately decides the best option is a construction job that lets him use his hands to create a concrete product, and so makes him feel his work has a purpose. That same year, Fight Club, The Matrix, and American Beauty likewise all presented men disillusioned with meaningless jobs radically breaking out of their corporate prisons, leaving behind the rat race for a more visceral, physical, and real experience of life. I found freedom, losing all hope was freedom." Outside of a white-collar office setting, we had movies like Kevin Smith's Clerks, which dramatized the dreariness of service jobs. Everybody that comes in here is way too uptight. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. Reality Bites presented recent graduates as having to choose between floundering or totally selling out. I'd like to remind you that we're laying people off around here and I can find an intern who will do your job for free, like that. In TV, the most popular sitcoms frequently focused on everything the characters did outside of work. Hits like Friends and Seinfeld were primarily interested in the romantic and social lives of the characters. Even popular workplace shows from the 70s through 90s, like Cheers, Taxi, and Wings, still refused to validate the concept of work. Though the characters eventually grew close, it was because they were bonded by how much they all hated their jobs and needed to come in day after day in order to survive. Tony, I'm I'm not really a cab driver, I'm just waiting for something better to come along. (laughs) You know, like death. This attitude toward work animates the British Office series and the early episodes of The American Office, which focus on how unpleasant it would be to have to interact with a boss like David Brent or Michael Scott every day. Have you felt the vibe yet? We work hard, we play hard. Sometimes we play hard when we should be working hard, right? (laughs) Jim, the closest thing we had to an audience identification character, builds his relationship with Pam and many of the other characters on the foundation of how much they don't want to be doing this job. If I advance any higher in this company, then this would be my career. Well, if this were my career, I'd have to throw myself in front of a train. Eventually though, TV tried to sell us on the idea that work was actively good. In these dystopian workplaces, security and privacy are difficult to come by. The best way to keep your internet experience secure from sleuthing evildoers is with NordVPN. And what makes NordVPN the best choice is it offers double protection. It changes your IP twice to cover your web traffic with an extra layer of security. Because NordVPN masks your IP, you can keep your browsing to yourself and make sure others can't track what you do online. I love that it even offers privacy on the go, so I can use it on my phone and protect my online life with one-click, next-generation encryption. The latest feature from NordVPN is Threat Protection. Threat Protection majorly steps up your cybersecurity. Once it's on, it protects from malicious sites, downloads, trackers, and intrusive ads. Threat Protection is constantly on the lookout, even if you're not connected to a VPN. Right now, you can get a two-year plan at a huge discount, plus one additional month for free when you go to nordvpn.com the take. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The additional free month is available on YouTube only, so make sure to click the link in the description below, or go to nordvpn.com/the take. Jim is initially defined by how much he hates Dunder Mifflin, for the series to continue, he has to stay. And to make this less depressing, the series motivates him to want to be there, both due to his love for Pam and due to his friendships with the other coworkers. When Jim and Pam get married, the rest of the Dunder Mifflin workers are guests of honor. I just want to say how happy we are that all of you are here tonight. And by the end of the series, they even view themselves as a family. My top salesman, Jim Halpert, was best man at my wedding and Office Administrator Pamela Beasley Halpert is my best friend." The biggest offender in trying to actively turn work into family is Parks and Recreation. For its first two seasons, Parks and Rec maintains aloofness toward work. Even though Leslie is committed to the idea of being a public servant, she only wins minor victories and pretty much has to force her apathetic co-workers to do their jobs. No, 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 I've been trying to put a park there for four years. What we are going to do is we're going to take your enthusiasm, we're going to bundle it up, and we're going to find a new place for a dog park. Doesn't that sound fun? One, two, three, cheese! The earlier Gen X cynicism is in part embodied in the character Mark Brandanowitz, who tries to keep his head down and do his job without going above and beyond. There is a sea of red tape, endless roadblocks. So yeah, I don't know. At first, Leslie's unrelenting faith in the power of her co-workers is a joke that occasionally becomes sweet. But over time, that faith and the idea that Leslie's a good boss because she cares becomes the beating heart of the series. Did anyone ever tell you that your tenacity can be intimidating? Yes, every month of my life since fourth grade. Everyone becomes excited about their jobs. Eventually, Mark, who rejected Leslie, is replaced with Ben, who loves his job and Leslie and wins her over with his enthusiasm for numbers, logistics, and planning. Is this project? This is as much yours as it is mine. It's ours. I'm glad you're here. Uh, Thank you. It's great you're still happy at Hoddicker. Well, maybe not forever. No, not forever. But for now. It's okay for now. It's great for now. Yes. Yes, it is. In today's climate, the optimism of series like Parks and Rec would feel incredibly naive. But it's not just because we've returned to a version of the Office Space Gen X era of merely hating the drudgery of work. Now work has become actively hostile and dangerous, both to us and to other people. Things were so much simpler when people ran the corporations. But at some point the algorithms just became better at it. They started mutating, growing out of control. One of the most popular and acclaimed TV series of 2022, Severance takes the danger of work to its logical conclusion. Severance follows severed workers who have a totally separate work consciousness and outer life consciousness, and each can't remember anything of the other's life. Ironically enough, Severins posits a world where work-life balance isn't just difficult, but literally impossible. The Severed workers' innies are constantly trapped at work, unable to exist outside of the office, while their outies, who collect the paycheck and don't ever remember being at work, won't let the miserable innies quit. So what, you were unhappy at work, and instead of lodging a complaint, you— No, I tried that first. So did you so of course those co-workers have to become family. When new worker Heli is introduced to the team, she is inundated with language that mimics the idea that work is supposed to be your family. In seeing her here with you all, I say she most definitely has a family. Aww. In fact, the managers at Lumen watch the severed workers constantly and invest in their relationships the same way we do when we watch workplace TV. You guys are one of my favorite office friendships. But as Helly and the other characters start to see how terrible their employer Lumen is, their family-like bond isn't just about getting through the hours, it's infused with the much bigger stakes of potential rebellion. Your so-called boss may on the clock that taunts you from the wall. But But my my friends, friends, the hour is yours. And the creepy mystery of what shady corporate work they might really be serving unknowingly. What if the cost of that help is that you're murdering people eight hours a day and you don't even know it. In a clever nod to TV sitcom history, Severance stars Adam Scott, who played the happy workaholic Ben on Parks and Rec, and here is tortured by his job. It takes production design inspiration from a much earlier iconic vision of futuristic work dystopia, Jacques Tati's 1967 film Playtime. And building on something like The Office, it mocks the system of office perks that aim to distract and motivate workers. Here, they're presented in examples that are playfully absurd, yet simultaneously recognizable and vaguely sinister. Dylan G's Waffle Party will commence at close of day. In the meantime, I've ordered the pre-Waffle Party Egg Bar Social for everyone." We see how Lumen attempts to indoctrinate its workers through an entire mythology of purpose that, to an outside observer, is clearly nonsense. The work is mysterious and important. And as it seems increasingly clear that something very wrong is happening at Lumen, being anti-work takes on moral overtones. Here, Severance evokes other recent work like Sorry to Bother You, which depicts workers selling themselves into functional slavery in exchange for housing. We help thousands of companies utilize worry-free workers. So wait, are you telling me you sell slave labor to companies over the phone? Sorry to Bother You follows the main character Cash, at first feeling happy that he's rising up at work, but then discovering he's secretly helping his bosses enact real travesties on the world, like selling weapons, deepening global conflict, and creating animal-human hybrids for forced labor. This is just incontrovertible proof of Worry evil practices. They're turning humans into grotesque horse people. These are far from the only recent dramatizations of dangerous, toxic offices. A new wave of shows don't just imagine fictional offices, they use real events. Series like Super Pumped, which portrays the rise of Uber, The Dropout, which follows Theranos, and WeCrashed, Crashed, which depicts the growth of WeWork, all take place in factual examples of the Silicon Valley workplace, where everyone has to deal with the whims of whatever ambitious, potentially delusional person is in charge. Our mission is to elevate the world's consciousness. And while the end result of misconduct at Dunder Mifflin was that someone might not get their paper order, these real bosses screwed people over and stole millions of dollars. This disregard for patients' lives was unconscionable. They hurt people. This company hurt people. While the work-family fiction looked nice on TV, real bosses commonly use the trappings of social connection to prevent workers from calling out that they're not getting a fair wage, or to stay cheerful even if they're being exploited or losing their livelihoods. Severance's science fiction elements may be intriguing, but the scariest thing about the show isn't the type of workplace dystopia it imagines, it's that the type of environment it depicts is really already here. No, you're not livestock, good lord. Thanks for watching The Take. Make sure to subscribe and let us know what you want The Take on next.